0: Tonight's Bible reading comes from Matthew 7, verse 15 to 20. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? (laughs) Likewise, Every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into fire. Thus, by their fruit you will recognize them. This is the word of the Lord. Next generation. Thank you sweetie, It's very good, very well done. How many times did you practice that? Twice. Yeah. Liar. Isn't that good? Yeah. I think I've told you before but it doesn't matter, it's so many years ago now. The very first church I was ever the pastor of was Seaforth Baptist Church in Sydney and when Rhonda and I were there, in our time there, there was a young guy whose name was, starts with A... I think it starts with A. Anyway, it doesn't matter. He was a young guy. He was nine. And he wanted to join our music team. We, had, we didn't have a big music team. We had three or four musicians or something. Nine. He played the violin. And he just was gifted. And he was still learning it. And we said yes. We went back to the church about 10, 12 years later on an anniversary. He was still there, still serving, and still playing the violin. It was a wonderful... Um, endorsement of saying yes to him you know 10 12 years ago and so uh, at least in 12 years from now you will still be reading the bible (laughs) Matthew chapter 7 we're going to look at I hope you've got a bible with you or in front of you or you know a device or something so that you can follow along and check carefully what I say what anybody in this pulpit says we often say that and we mean it uh Acts chapter 17 talks about this group of people called the Bereans from Berea and they listened to the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul, and they opened their Bibles to see if what he was saying was true. That's the attitude that we are to have. We are to listen, but to listen discerningly. And I think I did tell you this on one occasion before. I think on uh, our Focus Sunday this year, I spoke and I spoke about prioritising discipleship and I said there are three C's that we need to do. We need to be... um, Connected with God on a daily basis, we need to be committed to one another on a weekly basis and we need to be concerned about others. And I had one person in the church come to me at the end of the service and said to me, I understand being committed to God on a daily basis. I understand the Bible says that we should be concerned about others and share the gospel with them. Where does it say in the Bible we should be connecting with one another on a weekly basis? Where does it say that? Isn't that excellent? I told them. it does say it, half a dozen places and so I was able to um, have the opportunity to teach but I was more impressed with and I said it to the person, a young lady um, and for the life of me I can't remember exactly who it was so you might very well be here tonight Um, I said thank you for coming and asking, It's exactly what you should do if you're not sure that what the preacher is saying is right, ask them, challenge them, correct them Don't quote me on this ever, but preachers are not infallible. Don't quote me. But we are fallible. We sometimes make mistakes. We are not infallible. But tonight's teaching is about people who are those whom we need to be aware of. Be aware of false prophets, Jesus says. The Lord Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount has been talking about, and he's coming towards the end of the message, he's been talking about There are two kingdoms in this world, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan, light and darkness. There are two gates, as Charlie would have spoken about last Sunday night, there is a narrow gate or a small gate and a wide gate, there are two roads, a narrow one and a broad one, there are two trees, good and bad, tonight's reading. There are two builders coming up next week or the week after about a wise and a foolish builder and there are Two uh, houses, one on the rock and one on the sand. There are two crops, wheat and tares. There are two groups, sheep and goats. There are two prophets, true and false. There are two destinies, heaven and hell. There are those who believe and there are those who don't, who reject it. There are those who say yes to God, not my will be done, but your will be done. There are people who say no to God, not your will, my will be done. And so Jesus is picking up On the reality of that, that we live in a world which is divided by people making choices. Well in this passage, you've got your Bible, let's have a look at this. Um, Firstly Jesus says, beware in verse 15, watch out for false prophets. What's a prophet? Prophet is very simply a person who comes um, and teaches you God's word, who shares with you God's revelation, however they happen to get it. So it's equivalent for us these days of preaching, teaching, but also of getting a special word from God. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 talks about don't despise prophecies. There is a gift in the life of the church, that the Holy Spirit does give to some of their prophets. It's where they hear from God something that they think is for the church if you have that gift or if you're on the receiving end of that gift then the new testament prophet is a person who is not infallible so they should always hold it humbly they should say i think god might be saying this you check it out you examine it if you think this is true or not true for you then that's okay my job is simply to share with you what i've heard from god that's the prophet but they're also false prophets they have always existed and they always will exist In our world and through our church history. Um, There are false prophets, false teachers, in fact one day and there have been and there will be increasingly false Christs, people actually claiming to be Jesus himself. That's coming as we get nearer towards the end. Jesus says, Matthew 24, later on in this Gospel, that there will be many false prophets will arise and will deceive many. You might be aware of some faulty, false teachers of God's Word whether on the internet or on TV or in churches today. It's interesting that after Jesus told us the parable of the sower, of sower scattering seed and people responding to it in various ways, immediately follows that with a parable about the wheat and the tares, the wheat and the weeds, where the weed looks like the wheat, where one is true and one is false, sown by the evil one. That's his strategy. Satan has discovered over the course of the millennia that it's far more effective to counterfeit truth rather than to simply straight, openly deny it. So when God speaks, the devil is sure to give a mocking echo. So Jesus is saying, just after having said two ways, a narrow way and a broad way, be aware. Beware of prophets, false prophets. People who will seek to deceive you, persuade you away from the narrow way of following God and being fully committed to Him and for doing whatever, their own thing, finding happiness, often that's the goal. If your goal in life is to simply be happy, then you make yourself susceptible to spiritual deception, you're focusing on the temporal, not the eternal, beware of false prophets. Um, the scriptures certainly give many, many examples of false prophets. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 26 talks about how people will come and they'll tell you what you want to hear. It's very difficult to tell people what they don't want to hear. But the false prophet is a master at scratching, itching ears, of being able to say what is pleasing to human nature, which is um, blurring the distinctions between righteousness and sin, of watering things down. Jesus says in verse 15, watch out for false prophets, they come to you in sheep's clothing. When they come, they approach, they join the church. They can be hard to distinguish initially. They dress like sheep, they probably sound like sheep, they look like sheep, but they're not sheep. In fact, the Apostle Paul over in Acts chapter 20, he gives a a warning to the elders of the church in Ephesus... A significant church um, in the New Testament. He certainly says to them, verse 28, to watch over yourselves, shepherd the flock. Verse 29, I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on guard. That's how the evil one works. Uh, and so we need to be cautious and careful that's why I said at the beginning listen carefully and discern hold what I say comparable to the Word of God and hold me accountable to that and Pastor Charlie and Pastor Alvin and everybody else who speaks in this pulpit and as I'll say at the end I think be careful who you listen to who you're reading whether it's a podcast or on the internet or YouTube or whatever So these people come dressed in sheep's clothes. It's all about external appearance. They look like, they say they are Christians, followers of Jesus, but the reality is they're not. Over a period of time, that'll become clear. They may carry their Bibles, they may pray outwardly, they may use the right words, but inwardly, their hearts are not changed. They're being religious, they're pretending. I don't know if that's where you are tonight, in your relationship with God. They profess to be a follower. They profess to be sheep, but inwardly, actually, they are ravenous wolves, ferocious wolves. These sheep can be either one of two extremes, either more strict, so critical and judgmental and putting down others, or they can be the exact opposite. They can be quite loose, uh, watering things down and uh, everything goes, it's quite okay. You don't have to be so strict. You don't have to be so... Upright, you don't have to be so narrow or limiting. 1 John 4 verse 5, in fact, says to us how they get away with it, why they are received and why they're so popular. Because, John says, they are of the world, they speak as the world, and so therefore the world listens to them. People who are not transformed by the Gospel of Jesus are more susceptible to their influence. So they come dressed as sheep, but inwardly, Jesus says, they are ferocious wolves, cunning, crafty, disguised, greedy. They present themselves as Christian friends, but they're not. They're in fact foes or messengers of Satan. They claim to teach the truth, but instead they instill falsehood. They seek to work from the inside out, not from the outside the church in on this occasion. And once inside, their real character becomes evident. It takes time, but it'll emerge. That's what Jesus is saying in this passage. They won't really listen to the scripture. They'll redefine it, they'll twist it, they'll distort it, they'll modify it in some way, they'll explain it away. So what are we to do with this sort of situation? Well, Jesus says that we are to be aware, we're to be on guard, to watch out, not to be gullibly accepting of all, but to be discerningly accepting. We are to recognize them, observe and see what comes out of them. The Lord Jesus changes the metaphor from the flock and he goes to illustrate it with the forest. Numbers verse 16, he says by their fruit you will recognize them. What are we to do? Well, we're to look at their fruit. What comes out of their life? And fruit doesn't lie. Just like out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Eventually, it pops out. Eventually, your real, the real you comes out. And so our job, Jesus is saying, is to be fruit inspectors. We're to inspect, particularly our teachers, our leaders. And Hebrews 13 says, is look at their lives, and then if they're genuine and they're following Jesus, then submit to them and follow their example. But if they're not, well, then it's to avoid them, to remove them, to protect the flock. Our job is to be fruit inspectors. It's not a license for us to be ultra-critical or condemning, but it is an opportunity for us to speak the truth in love. In Acts 18, there's a story of a guy, with a name. his name was Apollos, and he was a very gifted orator, preacher. He used to go around churches and preaching and teaching God's Word. In Acts 18, he came to a particular place, and uh, a couple, uh, Priscilla and Aquila, heard him. And when they heard him, they went, that's not quite right. He's got the gospel, but he only understands the baptism uh, up until John of the Holy Spirit. He hasn't got the rest of it. So they took him aside and they showed it to him from the scriptures and he accepted that. The difference for him, he's not a false prophet, he was a true prophet of the Lord, is he was teachable, responsive, he was corrected and he received it. That's the difference. If a person will humble themselves and will receive correction, then... Chances are they're not going to be a false prophet. So our job is to be fruit and practice. What are we to look for? Well, what's the fruit? Well, obviously the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the character. Look for those attributes of patience and kindness to others and faithfulness, God's words of being gentle, self-control. Often false prophets will not have those attributes. Uh, John the Baptist in Matthew chapter 3, verse 8 spoke about bring forth fruits worthy of repentance or demonstrating Repentance. So you'd look for that, for a change in their life. Philippians chapter 1 verse 11 talks about being filled with the fruits of righteousness. If you read through the New Testament and you look up this idea of fruit, you'll get about a couple of dozen references to fruit, Old Testament and New Testament. And my observation was, in John chapter 15, the Lord Jesus talks about that He is the vine and we are the branches and we have to abide in Him and if we abide and remain in Him, then what? We bear fruit, we bear much fruit. Our fruitfulness is linked by our relationship with Jesus. Galatians chapter 5 talks about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So fruit in our life is linked with commitment to Jesus, being filled with the Spirit. And Psalm 1 talks about... um, Uh, us delighting in God's Word day by day and night and meditating upon it and we're like a tree planted by the waters that brings forth fruit in its season. It's linked to the Word of God. Our fruitfulness is linked by knowing Jesus, being filled with the Spirit and being obedient to the Scriptures, the Word of God. So there's a clue for us of how we can be bearing fruit and the sort of fruit we need to be looking for in them. I also want to point out, this warning that Jesus gives comes at the, towards the end of the sermon. That sort of implies that everything he has said up until this point, if you follow his instructions of those who are blessed, those who understand the law spiritually, those who are following the spiritual distance of prayer, of giving alms and fasting and so on, those who are following in the narrow way, if you're following those instructions that he's already given, then you'll be able to recognise those who aren't. If you're on the narrow way, then you'll recognize those who are on the broad way. It'll become clear and obvious to you. The Lord Jesus says in John 7, verse 17, if anyone chooses to do the will of God, that's something we should do. Even before you know what the will of God is, Lord, whatever your will is, I'm going to do it. I will do it. Jesus says, if anyone chooses to do the will of God, they will know whether the teaching is from God or not. It's interesting, isn't it? The orientation of your heart will equip you in discerning, is this from God or not? Is this truth? And it's the beginning of this. It begins with this, Lord, I submit to you. I surrender to you. I will do whatever your will is. To them, God will reveal his will. And you will have this inner witness that... um, this is true, this is what God is saying to me. And it won't be a a fleeting thing, it'll be a deep, determined commitment to be fully obedient to him. I wanted to share this with you tonight too. This is, I think, a challenging word. Spiritual discernment, for us as followers of the Lord Jesus, accompanies the new birth. If you've been born again, if you've come to the Lord Jesus and repented and received him, if you confess him to be your Lord, then you've been transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. Now you are in the kingdom of light, then now you will be able to perceive things that once were hidden from you. So it comes with being born again, it comes with our conversion, and yet it's also true that there are degrees of light. And so now... Having been born again and transferred to the lights, we now have an increasing spiritual understanding. We don't have at all, it's a journey, but it's increasing. And the closer we walk with him, the more clarity we will see and discern truth and that which is not truth. That you'll be able to discern false prophets. As you remain close to him if you don't remain close to him then you will sort of drift back into the shadows and your discernment levels will be less how do we get to do that well by practicing those daily disciplines of time alone with him reading his word listening to him obeying him the author of Hebrews in chapter 5 says this Uh, We've got a lot to say to you but it's hard for you to, hard to make it clear to you because you've become, you no longer try to understand it. They've drifted spiritually. Once they followed very closely but now they've drifted back into the shadows if you like. In fact by by this time you ought to be teachers, able to pass it to the next generation. You need someone to teach you again the very beginnings of God's Word. You need milk, not solid food. totally relevant sideline, my grandson Franklin is moving, he still has milk but he's just started solids, it's interesting and he's absorbing solids like they never existed. My daughter said today, that basically means he's been hungry for five months. (laughs) He's moving on to solid foods because he's getting older, he's maturing. You need milk, the author says, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk being still an infant is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. Listen to this. But solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Solid food is for the mature. The mature are those who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. We walk with him, And in the process of walking with him, we are growing and we are making choices. Failure to grow means we run the risk of drifting. So Jesus is saying, look at them, look at their fruit. And I am saying, and not just look at them, now look at you. Have you decided to follow on the narrow way? That's where I think the Lord Jesus would have us go. How are you with God? Are you fully surrendered to him? Is that where you're at? Or there are issues you're wrestling with and you've got to resolve, Are you resolved to do his will, whatever it is, to obey him. Where your heart is right with God, where you are committed to pleasing him, to obeying him, then you will also have a capacity to be able to discern and to embrace truth as well as to detect and sense error. Arthur Pink says it like this, It is the state of our souls which make us receptive to or repellent against the temptations and lives of the enemy. It's the state of our souls that either make us receptive to temptations or to repel them, depending on how close we're walking with the Lord Jesus. If we're governed by self, devoted to self-pleasing, we run the great risk of falling victim to deceiving spirits, to false prophets beware of false prophets, Jesus says. Their destiny, Jesus gets to in verse 19 when he says um, that because they haven't borne fruit or the fruit they're bearing is bad, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. The New Testament uses that pattern consistently, that if we are not walking in obedience, then the end results are going to be judgment. There is another parable that Jesus told in Luke chapter 13 and it's associated with this and it gives a balance to that statement. In Luke chapter 13 and verses 6 to 9, Jesus says, A man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard and he went to look for fruit on it but he didn't find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, For three years now I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and I haven't found any. Cut it down why should it occupy the ground anymore sir the man replied how about we leave it for another year i'll dig around it and i'll fertilize it and if it bears fruit next year then that's excellent that's fine but if not then let's cut it down i share that parable with you to balance what jesus is saying is in jesus says both but what he's saying it's not automatic and instant god is incredibly patient God allows there to be false prophets and he allows them to penetrate and to get into the church. Why does he do that? To test us. He's growing us. Will you stay true to me? And so that parable, second parable, Jesus says, let's give him a year. Let's give him a bit more time and see if there is fruit that will come. Our God is a very patient God but he's also a very righteous God who will eventually judge. So beware of false prophets, you'll know them by their fruits, be discerning, don't gullibly follow all. So what does all of this mean for us? These few things, number one, be very careful about who and what and how you hear. Podcasts, as I said before, or internet or whatever. Let's go to the next slide. It also means for us that if we choose to do God's will, if we surrender ourselves to Him, and that would be a great thing for us to do tonight before we leave. Lord, whatever you want me to do, tell me what it is, show me what it is, and I'll do it. Wherever it takes me, and whatever it is, and whenever it is that you want me to be doing it, I surrender, I submit, I want to do your will in my life and Jesus says in Matthew five sixteen, is let your light shine before others so they can see your good deeds as you follow him and they will glorify your father in heaven that flows out of that surrender to him and then finally would others recognize fruit in me John chapter 15 I already told you a little bit about it. the Lord Jesus says remain in me as I also remain in you no branch can bear fruit by itself well we know that It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, look what happens. You will bear much fruit. Without me, you can't do anything spiritually of any significance. Without me, you can do nothing. Simple, but at the same time profound. Good truths for us to know or to be reminded of. And important decisions for us to make so how are you with God where are you with God how about we take some time now just a couple of minutes and if you bow your head close your eyes whatever is helpful for you just quietly think and meditate answer the question in your own heart your own mind before God you're close you're distant you're indifferent or you're hungry for more invite him to come and examine you that's always the most important decision for him to be lord of your life for those of you who are willing to who have made that decision are you willing to surrender fully to him to choose to do whatever it is he wants you to do whatever whenever and wherever. Hmm. Let me pray. Lord, you challenge us and call us and you don't pull any punches. There is a way to live and there is a way to avoid. We are to be aware of those who would deceive us and mislead us. Lord, help us to be discerning and committed to you. And I pray, Lord, that you would help each one of us to draw very near to you, to remain in you and with you, to walk each day in the light, growing, practicing the truth. And that, Lord, that would then bring forth fruit in our lives and people would see the reality of you living in us. Lord, I pray that for all of us, for all ages, that we might be close to you for your honour, for your pleasure, for your glory. I ask in the name of Jesus. Amen.